What's up, what's up, what's up? It's Vegas, a.k.a. Mr. 702, live from the building, and we are about to go under the armor. The world does not owe you anything. It is impossible to have all of your needs met. The only thing that is promised is death. These are some of the classic sentences that we hear on a day-to-day when discussing self-entitlement. Self-entitlement is defined as an unrealistic, unmerited, or inappropriate expectation of favorable conditions and favorable treatment at the hands of others. But what does it truly mean? How many times have We've been in a relationship and we've told our significant other, you're too self-entitled or we have a friend that the only way is their way. Why are you like this? Or we have a family member that can't seem to compromise even a little bit. A sense of self-entitlement is a personality trait that is based on a person's belief that they deserve privilege or recognition for things that they have not earned. A sense of self-entitlement can develop in a various number of ways and for various reasons. Some believe that it is during childhood where many have a huge development of self-entitlement due to the fact that as children, they may have been given everything that they asked for without learning the golden rule of working towards a reward. This belief is saying that they are just given and given and given and given. And so when they begin to develop from a child to a teenager, from a teenager to an adult, they keep this same belief with them. However, there is also one that needs to understand that this trait or this type of action can also be displayed with those who have narcissistic and antisocial personalities. Um, self entitlement or a sense of entitlement, it, it can vary in a number of ways. We know all about the me, 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 me attitude. However, there are a number of different displays that also play a huge factor, like an exaggerated sense of self-importance. We know this one. They believe that they are superior, often based upon their social standing, their beauty, their intelligence, their um, ideology of power, or just believing that they are simply better than others. This could be a, a sort of unrealistic and unmanaged arrogance. Um, they can also appear to have a lack of understanding of others' needs. Now, this one I think is very much displayed in a relationship because a relationship, you have to have that yin and yang, that give and take, but they have a sense of entitlement that they don't even think about what is good for the team. They don't even think about what is good for the overall process. And they don't put an effort 
out to meet the needs of others. In fact, based upon their own agenda, if you are not serving or contributing to that agenda, they might have a disinterest or a disdain towards you. Those who have a sense of self-entitlement have a lot of difficulties compromising with others for common good. Um, just think about when you were a kid and you didn't want to share, but you had to share. Your mom was like, play nice, play nice. And so those who have a unchecked, undisciplined self-entitlement will often struggle with compromising with others for a common goal. Um, just think about the old saying, it's my way or the highway. I think that's a great way to describe um, a person showing this type of self-entitlement. They often look at compromise as conflict. They could become extremely toxic when it comes to having to negotiate. And they would rather lose a friendship or a relationship than to compromise for the greater good. Um, they might have difficulty accepting people as their equal. Um, there is nothing wrong with having confidence. And at the end of the day, we all want to believe that we are the very, very best version of whatever we are. Everybody wants to believe that they are the next Michael Jordan or they are the next Elon Musk or they are the next Dale Carnegie. However, we also have to understand that if you don't think that other people are just as great or have the potential to be as great as you, then you're living in a highly delusional world. If you are shocked or frustrated when a person is accomplishing more than you or has a major accomplishment, then you really need to evaluate how you are thinking in this world because it is my honest and true belief that we are all created special and wonderful and unique. And each person on this earth, whether they reach their full potential or not, has the ability to accomplish great things. A person with a unhealthy self-entitlement oftentimes will feel insulted at another person's achievement or they will over-exaggerate their own. Not that, and that's kind of like um, this week. One of the things that, and this is just a sports reference. One of the things that people were kind of upset about was like LeBron James steady talking. You're not in the NBA Finals. You're not even in the NBA playoffs. So why are you bringing attention unto yourselves when we should be celebrating the achievements of the Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks? Conversely, the LA Clippers and the Phoenix Suns, but those who have that toxic sense of self-entitlement will not allow another person to be great and oftentimes will over-exaggerate their own greatness. Think of T.O. when he stood in the star or different people you may know that as soon as something goes well, their peacocking and their showboating goes to a level that is just ridiculous. However, you also have those who will have self-pity and conduct attention-seeking behavior. 
And this could be in a very, very aggressive manner, or this could be in a very, very passive aggressive manner, but they will do things in order to get the attention back on them. Because at the end of the day, those who feel self-entitled, their number one goal is to make sure that the spotlight is on them. However, we have to understand that everybody wants and desires to feel special or desires to feel unique. And though we may say, you know, we don't feel self-entitled, everybody is going to have a moment of self-entitlement here and there. That's just the way life is. And to me, oftentimes it's because we are fighting with what I like to believe is our true self. And if we were to be true about ourselves, oftentimes we are very selfish and we are very self-centered. So I think that in order to overcome or combat that toxic self-entitlement, we have to always reflect on our self-image. You know, I'm a big, big lover of meditation, whether it's traditional, whether you're looking in the mirror, but at some point in your daily practice, you have to take a second to do nothing and look within. You have to be truthful with yourself and you have to continuously check in with yourself in order to understand who you are, what you are, and what habits you may be developing. Because a lot of time our habits are so subtle that if we're not checking in with ourselves, they can often develop into huge problems right under our nose. Um, Another great way to combat your self-entitlement is just to empty your cup. And and, and oftentimes when we feel self-entitled, we have a full cup. We don't want to accept the views and opinions of others. We don't want to admit our mistakes. We don't want to even think that we are wrong. However, what I always say is throw that out the window. Throw that false perception. Throw that, you know, that false ideology that you are perfect and that you can commit no error and empty that. And that way you'll be more open to different opinions. You'll be more open to wisdom from others and things like that. And like I said before, another thing that I think that is very, very important is that you have to accept the fact that everybody put on this earth, no matter if they fulfill their potential, they are truly special. Every human being that sets foot on this great earth has the potential to be great. Now, we may not all reach our full potential and we may still be on a journey to discover what we are supposed to do within our life, especially when it comes to our purpose. However, greatness is all around us. It is just the time, the conditions, and the amount of help or the lack of help one may receive that may have a big impact on how they're showcasing their skills and their abilities. As a person that that is always trying to humble myself and always trying to check my ego and always trying to steer my elephant, one of the things that I believe is we have to be quick to admit our shortcomings. The thing that kills entitlement is when we are fast and honest and transparent and and very truthful 
when it comes to our shortcomings. We are humans. And just like every other human on this earth, it is completely normal for us to commit mistakes and have deficiencies. And once we start acknowledging our shortcomings, then our humanity can showcase more and we can have a better outlook, not only on life, but on ourselves. Another great way to kind of kill your self-entitlement is to realize that honestly, you're nothing but a speck of dust upon this earth. A speck of dust upon this great earth. We have so many humans that live on this earth that it's ridiculous to think that you are the Ruta and the Tuta, that you are, we have 7 billion, 800 million human beings as of March, 2020 that are on this earth. We have so many other people that have other capabilities, that have other stories, that have other things that they're going to for us to think that the world can revolve around one person when there's seven billion of us on this earth is just far-fetched. You have to be open to growth, understanding that a lot of self-entitlement is because you want to stay in a state that you feel comfortable. You know, we're always talking about being uncomfortable on this podcast, and the key to growth is just putting yourself in that uncomfortable situation. Now, to close... We all are going to have a sense of self-entitlement here or there. We're always going to feel within a subject, within a day, within a situation, within a setting, that we are just all that in a bag of chips. However, you have to constantly humble yourself because self-entitlement is like a virus. And once it gets to going, it grows and it grows and it grows and it can skew our perception of what the world is, but it can also skew our perception of who we are. So in order to combat self-entitlement, we always have to be looking and checking in on our inner self and understanding that we must put a control and put a muzzle upon our ego. Thank you, thank you, thank you for checking out my podcast, Vegas Mr. 702. If you want to hit me up on social media, Facebook, Joshua Broomfield, Instagram, Vegas Mr. 702, or you can go directly to the website, VegasMr702.com, where you can see a list of services I provide, such as personal training, business consultation, fitness modeling, and life coaching. Check me out. The famous line of Toy Story, you got a friend in me. That That is one of my favorite openings and, and just how it explains how the movie is going to go. But a friend is one to whom one may pour out the contents of one's heart, shaft and grain together, knowing that gentle hands will take and shift it. Keep what is worth keeping and with a breath of kindness, blow the rest away. Over the last week and a half or maybe over the last two weeks, but definitely last week when my grandpa was here, 
friendship was just something that just kept getting in my head, getting in my head. What does it mean to be a friend? Are you truly friendly? Do you even have friends? Um, so I started just doing some research. I started looking into some things. I started trying to figure out the impact of friendship because we live in a non-friendly world. We live in a world where we're friendly on social media, but we're very isolated and very distant in real life. According to my research and my beliefs and what I have learned, I believe that friendship is a key element in life. I don't believe that we were meant to be alone on this earth. And even though we may have a companion, a husband or a wife, to make your husband or your wife or your significant other bear the weight of all your friendship, I think can lead to the corrosion in the breakdown of a relationship. Oftentimes we say it takes a village to raise a child, but as that child becomes older, that village is still there. So your family and your friends are there to help in certain ways that allows your significant other not to have the pressure of being your everything, your end all, your be all. That's for another day, another topic. However, I feel like friendship has a great impact on one's mental health. A good friend can aid in stress relief. They can provide comfort and joy, and they can prevent loneliness and isolation. And even though we live in a technological world where one click of a button allows you to have access to millions and millions of people, I think now, I believe now, and I feel like I know now, we are extremely lonely and we go through periods of isolation. Developing a close friendship can have a powerful impact on your physical health and your mental health. And the lack of social connection can actually be as risky as smoking, as drinking, as the consumption of drugs and as a as a sedentary lifestyle we need to make friends but how close friends just don't happen you don't just run into somebody and be like oh me man you man we friends now i wish it was that easy and i know for myself personally that i struggle to meet people and develop a quality connection with them now, the key point to me is the quality connection. Oftentimes, we meet people and we stay on a surface level. What's up, bro? What's up? What's good? What's you good? Yeah, I'm good. You good? Yeah, I'm good. If only thing you asking is if you good, and, and oftentimes, asking if you good doesn't even merit a deep, truthful, transparent reaction. You straight, bro? Yeah, I'm straight, blah, 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 blah. Like, people could be going through so many different things unbeknownst to us because, A, we never inquire, but B, we don't even have the capacity to inquire because we're not even at that level of deep quality connection. Just being honest about myself, I have a great basketball crew. It's about 15 men, and, and we get together, and we hoop, and we have an awesome time. But to be honest with you, after we hoop, 
we might have a fun joke here or there within our within our messenger group. We might be talking about a play that happened or we might be making fun of one or two players that played during that week or during that time period. But I could be honest and say that my my deepest connection is probably with old man Mike. And I think part of it is because I, I pick up Mike in the morning, or I used to before I switched jobs, I pick up Mike in the morning before we play basketball and I drop him off. And oftentimes, you know, I'm, I'm just checking on him like a human being, like, man, you good? Everything straight? You need anything? Just understanding that I want to treat him like a human. And that doesn't mean I don't have the capacity or the, the skill set or even the time to treat the others like a human. But just reflecting on just what I said there. I really haven't developed any deep friendships since I've moved to Atlanta. And part of it could be because I moved during the COVID time, or part of it could be because I'm just getting my bearings on the area. And then part of it could be because I haven't put myself out there. I haven't made an attempt to um, to develop deep connections. Um one of the things, like I was saying before, our technology has truly shifted our definition of friendship. And it has created a feeling that with a click of a button, we can add and find and make new connections. But even though we are connected to hundreds, thousands, and millions of people via the power of social media, I do not believe that it is the same. I feel that it is a great difference between being a quote-unquote social media friend and being a close friend, someone that you spend real time interacting with, someone that you can call and they can come and console you during the time of a crisis, someone that when you are sick, they are at your bedside, even if it's just to bring you some ginger ale and some crackers. A person that is going to give you a hug during your moments of happiness. I think that more than ever in 2001, 2021, my bad, that face-to-face human interaction is one of the most important and vital things that we can do in order to maintain a sense of our humanity. We are going in a digital age where we are not going to work anymore. We're working from home. Our children are not going to school. They're doing school from home. We are ordering our groceries so we don't even get to the grocery store. And now we can watch TV to the point where we can record shows and watch shows and we have so many things to do that keep us isolated in one spot, which would be our homes. And during the pandemic, was it important for a health reason? Yes. But I think coming out of the pandemic, we need to have a very intentional and mindful focus on reconnecting and developing worthwhile connections with others. It takes effort. Being a friend, creating friendships takes effort. The one of the most important things, it takes you being in action. You cannot get new friends by not being friendly. 
And even though that sounds duh, how often, oh, I ain't going there. Oh, no, nah, I'm going to just stick to myself. I'm a loner anyway. I'm solo on dolo. Like we have, we have started promoting isolating ourselves or just sticking to a small crew of two or three people that we're really missing out on the chance of expansion and being able to develop new friends and to develop new memories and to develop new possibilities. When you are trying to develop a friendship, you must focus. You must be present in the moment. It is vital. You must unplug from your smartphone. You must remove that earbud, make eye contact and be present in that moment that will help foster and aid in that building of a connection. You have to be honest with yourself. Find people who interest and who direction and who path aligns with yours. If you are somebody that is an entrepreneur, then you need to be friends with other entrepreneurs. And I would say be friends with successful entrepreneurs, people that are better than you, people that have went farther than you, people that have obtained more than you so they can help guide you on your journey of life. If one of your interests is basketball, find some friends that like basketball. If one of your interests is music, find some friends that like music. If one of your interests is is philosophy. Find some people who enjoy philosophy because when y'all can share one or two common interests, it will help form a bridge that will allow y'all to communicate and share interests and maybe go for a drink or go to an event together. And then you can discover that person and y'all might have more interests. But it's July and we out here all summer. Whether you want to have a hot girl summer or for our young strapping gentlemen, we are, you know, shorts above the knee summer. Let's make this a summer of connection where we gain and we enhance and we even develop some friendships that will help us not only today, but three, five, seven years from now, because we all need friends. How many of us have them? friends. Remember, to be more real, be more human, be more honest. Catch me next time as we continue to go under the armor.